Hey guys, my guest this week was Mo from the Mo Show, the morning show on Alt A Z 933. Mo is just such an awesome person. She is just a bundle of electric funky good vibes really had a lot of fun talking with her uh, she had a lot of cool stuff to say just about uh, earning your dues going up in the, the broadcasting business which is really something I haven't had a chance to talk about yet I've seen her stuff promoting local bands which I think is awesome and something that you just really didn't have to do uh, but she did it anyways and it was important to her and we talk about that too so enough about what we do talk about and let's get to the talking about it this is our conversation sitting in front of Mangoes in downtown Mesa. Hope you enjoy Mo. people know me it's just the hair which I I'm actually, totally cool with. kind of want to ask you about that too. So, <laughs> up, so welcome to Starving Artist Phoenix. It's Tony Machete and it's Mo. That's me. Hey um, So let's just start with that. So I mean we'll, we'll jump around in time a little bit. So yeah wait paint the picture first dude. Okay. Tell everybody where so we, we are. So we are on a bustling city street in downtown Mesa. We're on Main Street. <laughs> uh, we're at Mango's Cafe sitting right outside. And by bustling he means apocalyptic. There's hardly anybody out here because it's hot as hell <laughs> in July. We're sitting outside He's wearing a flannel. I'm wearing some weird cut shirt because I thought it was cool five years ago. <laughs> and I had nothing else to wear. But we're here and we're excited in front of Mangoes. I, I wanted to add some bustle in there. This is sort of like some exciting metropolitan area. Oh, bustle. There's, There's the bustle. Yeah, look at that. Where are these people going? Probably somewhere exciting. <laughs> Who knows? It's 4.30 on a Saturday. Like somewhere with AC. <laughs> they probably have better plans than I do in the next couple hours. But uh, yeah, I... Uh, that's Sorry. a great place to start. No, I love that because um, that's that's such a DJ way to start it. I feel like you. Oh, I know. I mean, it's it's always nice to interview people who have interviewing experience because they have the, the like particular styles. And um, I, I've listened to a few of your interviews, obviously, like getting ready for this. And oh my god, I'm so sorry. They're so bad. No, it's so much fun to listen to because I well, we'll jump into it later. Okay. But let's start off at the beginning before I get sidetracked. Yeah, like a thousand I'm different sorry. Ways. I'll take us a million ways. <laughs> well, we got time for it. Um, so I mean, how? DJing, like, specifically being a morning DJ, I feel like it's such, like, a, a fantasized about um, uh, yeah, like that's, Yeah, that is kind of, if you want to be in radio, yeah. you know, that's kind of where you ultimately want to end up for the most part. That's the yeah. big spot is on a morning show. And when I first got into radio, I... Uh, that's kind of where I wanted to go. I was like, all right, boom, this is going to be awesome. That's my goal. We'll eventually get there. And, you know, I didn't have any experience. I didn't know how to get into radio because before I started radio, I was doing uh, massage therapy. Interesting. Yeah. And that's so opposite of what a radio person does. You know, it's namaste, relax, yeah. you know, but I was more of like digging elbows into people's backs, you know, really going... <laughs> 
full throttle. But um, you know, the bad thing is, is you're not supposed to talk during massage. What would I do? Talk all the time. Yeah. But people loved it. And all of a sudden I had an audience and I was like, I should really just get into radio. <laughs> this is just so much easier. Interesting. So that it wasn't something you thought about previous to that? like you. Uh, when I was younger, I always had it in my mind. I, I was a radio rat. I loved, I listened to everything here in Arizona. I was born and raised here. So when I thought like hey let's do something entertaining and random well, I'll just get into radio let's see what it's like I never really like went to concerts growing up or anything but now now I'm like I guess I'm just making up for all that time so yeah so all right so you I guess I mean you it's hard to say you weren't a music fan but like you weren't somebody who was like actively like participating in the music scene in Phoenix as I you mean, growing up if there was like new music out I wasn't like like scratching for it I'm like I need this I you know I just listened to whatever was on the radio did you like pursue any local acts at all like I mean were you somebody who like hung out at stinkweeds and oh you know what randomly no I had like such a random weird childhood honestly I played a lot of video games growing up I was an indoor kid so um played a lot of video games growing up and I hung out with like terrible crowds of people and (laughs) they're but they're like some of them I'm still friends with but uh but now things are different, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I mean, what was the turning point for you? I know you said you you just kind of chatted a lot and kind of gained a, a following while you were a massage therapist. Did huh. somebody plant the seed back in your head of like you should be a DJ? You know. Uh, you know, true story is is like one night I was thinking to myself, I really don't want to do massage anymore. As much as I love helping people. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to entertain. And then I got was really stoned one night and I was like a brainstorming ideas, <laughs> putting things on my vision board. And I was like, you know what? Radio, that's what I want to do. And I emailed and I was like, how do I get into it? I, uh, random story. I actually, do you listen to KUPD at all? Okay, so the overnight guy, hold on, bustle, bustle, bustle. <laughs> The overnight guy, Brett Vesley, um, he was on the air and I was listening to them overnight. So I emailed him and I was like, hey, random question, you really don't have to answer me, but uh, what did you do to get into radio? Like, how do you start? And he's like, well, some people go to, go to school and then some people start from the bottom. So I decided, well, let's try the school route. Let's see how it goes. Maybe I can learn something. But mm-hmm. there wasn't any schools in Arizona, only in Colorado. Right. At least the nearest one. And I was like, yeah, why not? Saved up money to try and go out there. I uh, enrolled. And then two weeks before I was supposed to leave going out there, my appendix burst. And all of my money that I was saving went towards the hospital. So um, I ended up staying here. I was a little bummed. But at the same time, I felt like it wasn't right to go out there. And then next thing you know, I was like, well, you know what? I'll just start from the bottom. I'll just uh, message all the radio stations I like. uh, And we'll go from there. So I message the promotions director at X1039 at the time. It was the alternative station a few years back. Yeah. And uh, I, again, I was really stoned. I don't know why I was thinking that it would be a good idea to message. I'm <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to be awesome for you. You should pick me. And uh, they did. Randomly enough, they're like, yeah, come in for an interview. They loved me. It was uh, inter- interview. I got hired as an intern. I, pay- I worked for free for months, for months, until they finally hired me on. So did you know that they were hiring interns at the time or did you just like no. throw out messages? No like, idea. Yeah. I was like, well, what's the worst that could happen? They say no or never email me back and yeah. I just go for another position. That's fine. My name is Mo. I've got no experience and no appendix right? and I'm just here to... Exactly. No experience, no appendix, uh, no problem. I'm here for you. I'm your lady. 
That's awesome. All right, so uh, tell me about that interning experience because I, mean, I think that's something that people feel like they need to do before they get into a job a lot of the times. So, yeah. nowadays in radio, a lot of radio stations don't do interning anymore. Uh, some of them do, it's very rare, but uh, I'm sorry, I just saw someone that I thought I knew. <laughs> um, Should we call them over? Yeah, and be like, hey, I think I know you. Please come back <laughs> to the bustle. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. We're going to co-host together. <laughs> What was I saying? I'm sorry. Uh, you were talking about interning. Okay, interning. So, um, dang, I really forgot exactly what I was talking yeah, about. You were just letting us know that it wasn't really a common thing anymore. Um, yeah, it's not a common yeah. thing anymore. They will actually hire you on now, like at our station at Hubbard, they hired you on. But when I started interning, it was, you're just doing free work and you are doing whatever the tent attendant is telling you to do. So you're basically a glorified sticker hander outer. And, uh, but it's worth it. I mean, I had so much fun. I met so many different people. You have to be super chatty. You have to be charismatic. And you can't be afraid to talk to people. And I think from there, that really stands out a lot. Do you think it acted as kind of a job interview for you later? Like, the, were they kind of observing you as you dealt with, like, the publicity stuff? Kind of. I yeah. mean, like, when you're out there and you're talking to fans and you're really trying to get them to engage in what you're doing, um, you know, they reward you. They see things like that. My first music festival that I worked for was... Uh, Dang, I think it was Fall Frenzy. Blink-182 was uh, headlining, and there's Matt and Cam and a few other people. And it was my first real big show as an intern. So I'm the loudest one in my interning group. There's like 20 of us. And me, I'm like, I'm on the hunt. I am hungry. I want to get this position, whatever it is. It's like Survivor out there. Um, apparently, I was the only one because <laughs> everyone was like, so what do we do? And I'm oh, like, geez. all right, well, engage people. Bring them over. And um, they noticed that. So they're like, all right, cool. Well... Um, you're going to go backstage meet Blink-182. I was like, wow, that's awesome. I was not expecting that at all. And then um, from there, I just kept doing different things. They gave me uh, more opportunities. And, uh, you know, the biggest part about trying to get in radio, too, with that is you have to say yes to everything, even if it doesn't pay you. It's all about gaining experience. And it's all about, you know, but cutting your, you know, cutting your teeth and really getting to uh, know what it's about and what you're getting into. That's mainly what I learned with interning. And then from there, I learned that radio is not everything that it seems that it is. So what was your first paid position after that? First paid position, I was a promotions assistant. So basically, now I'm like the head of the tent telling everybody, all right, you do this, you do that, you do that. You're giving stickers to basically, the interns. Basically, right, yeah. exactly. And just kind of setting up the table, making sure everything looks good, engaging with everyone there, being the example, leading. And uh, honestly, like there are days where I really do miss it. When we get to, now that I'm a DJ, I just get to go and stand out at the tent and then not help. But usually I help because that's my roots. That's where I came from. <laughs> Excuse me. God, that happens a lot. You're going to, yeah, get a lot of that. It tastes like horchata. Um, <laughs> um, Weirdly, you're drinking a Pepsi. So I know. Okay. So weird. Um, but then after promotions assistant, I got into being a, uh, what was I? Oh, my God. I asked if I could do a weekend shift. I just wanted okay. to try it out. wanted to dabble in it. They were very, very open. Shout out to Mark Young at Riviera, by the way, because he's the one that really got me in there. Um, so he let me do an overnight shift. It was terrible. But he just said, keep coming back. And he was uh, super confident in my abilities and my talent. He's like, look, you got something. I think you could do this. So then after I was doing that for a couple of months, just on like one, once every other Saturday, something like that, um, they're like, hey, you're available. Why don't you come in and 
be our uh, morning show producer for this new show we have. I'm like, what? I don't know what you're making me do right now. Because <laughs> um, I had no idea what yeah. is involved in a morning show producer. I was Googling everything. I was like, what do I do? But... Oddly enough, I was just a glorified coffee getter too, <laughs> but which was fine because I did learn some things doing that. I learned a lot about working with, you know, talent. I got to learn uh, learn a lot about uh, what kind of creamer to put in coffee, um, <laughs> babysitting, all kinds of craziness. Sure, give you an appreciation when you became the talent, like the honor yes, talent. Yeah. It, it really did because it made me feel like, all right, this is what to do and this is what not to do. Sure. And you know, I think just watching other friends that were in radio kind of had an idea of what was going to happen and what was going to go on. As a side note, um, I am kind of curious. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to put you in an like, no. awkward position or anything, too, but something you, you said earlier kind of struck me where you were talking about just kind of um, getting people hyped and stuff as you were handing out stickers. Now, obviously, you've worked for a few different stations in yeah. your time. Um, as, like, the the face of the company, you kind of have to not only, like, drink the Kool-Aid, but, like, make a batch for everybody else Basically. to get everyone hyped. So. Has that ever been like a, a weird transition for you to like say like, hey, this is the spot, like this is the place to go and then jump into now this is the spot, guys. This is the place. Yeah. <laughs> um, oddly enough, no, I've been really fortunate to work at places that I've loved. I, you know, when X1039 flipped to my 1039, they were more of a uh, uh, kind of like a hot AC station mm -hmm. versus the alternative station that they were. Yeah. And at first I wasn't like truly on board, but it wasn't about that at the time. It was about my foot getting in the door. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I had left my 1039 for um, KUPD, uh -huh. you know, I was a fan of KUPD. So, and I already had that mentality knowing that it's a boys club. And I mean, the, most of radio is male dominated, which is fine. I mean, I'm just glad that there's a place for me and that, or at least that I've cut a spot out. And uh, that's what I did at KUPD too. I cut a spot out for me. Even, even though I started at that point, I already had some titles and everything, but when I left my, I wanted to start all over uh, and do promotions there because I wanted to learn what they did and how to build, how, what they built. Um, so you actively sought a promotions job when you I went active, elsewhere. Yeah. I actively sought a promotions job and I knew I wasn't going to get earn respect right away if I was just going to be like, hey, I'm an on-air DJ, hire me. I feel like when you're getting into some of these positions, like with a new station, you have to earn their trust. At least that's the way that I've always worked. And then, and then from there, I went from promotions assistant at KUPD, uh, talked to Larry McFeely about possibly doing some weekend stuff, uh, tried out and they loved it and they let me do more weekend stuff next thing you know I have two shifts every weekend then all of a sudden I'm filling in for the weekday people when they're gone and yeah it was great I mean it was great to get that trust and to for let it was great to also have them let me have the opportunity to get on the air there especially being the only female seriously that's crazy sauce there's not a lot if you like go back in KUPD history for me that's always a big thing that I was on there now talk me through that first on-air shift then. So, I mean, I know it was like a weekend thing. So did you, how much did you psych yourself up ahead of time? Like what, what how did you prepare for that? You know, I mean, at that point I had done a few on-air shifts, but it had been a, a few months. And uh, it just so happened my first on-air shift was also the same day I was working a promotions event for, I think it was like, 
mayhem or something and it's one of those things where you're out there all day you're you load in at 9 a.m you end the whole thing at like midnight packing up all of it you're the first person's there the first people to or the last people to leave and then i had to do a shift afterwards luckily they gave me a few hours to go home take a nap and then jump on air from like midnight to six or something and man they were way rad uh it ended up going very well so. Did you have any creative input as far as the um, content for that, like, early on? Or? I mean, when you first start off, um, for me, I wanted to keep it basic. You want to, you know, you want to be a liner jock at first. You want to get the basics down, hmm. and you want to keep it simple. There's a thing that we call, we tell each other, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. I mean, most people probably know that now. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, you just kind of have to go bare bones and, you know, strip everything away. And then once you're ready to add in content, then, you know, then you could do it. Because just because I know something doesn't mean I'm going to convey it on the air properly. Sure. That, and especially if you only have like 20 seconds to talk because it's all about getting through to the next song. They're not on the weekends. They just want the music. That's basically it. So I try to keep it about that and then also throw in my personality in there. Yeah. Has that, I've noticed kind of a three line with some of the things you said about just the idea of like, you have to build trust first, you have to get them to accept you first, that type of thing. I mean, has that, like, does that affect you on like a personal level ever? The idea of like, I got to make sure that like, I'm confident enough to, to take this over be like, before I do it, like, do you feel like you, you find yourself like hesitant at all in your normal life to do something until you feel like you're ready? Um. Um, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, uh, is there a better way to say that? I know. I was like, there's so many different things in that whole sentence yeah. right there. Uh, con- staying confident, obviously. I think the most important thing is being yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some. I mean, don't be too much yourself, though. Like, throw your faults out before well, anything else. Well, that's kind of what I mean is that, like, do you feel like it's it's ever been something where you've kind of talked yourself out of maybe taking a step because you felt like it was too early? Like, that type of thing? like self-sabotaging yourself in Almost, a sense? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, sometimes. I mean, I think I do, I do more self-sabotaging in my personal life than I do <laughs> for my career because I, I know what I want and I know I'm going to get it because I'm going to work for it. Um, but there are times, like now especially, because I am in a totally different position when I first started. Now I have the opportunity to do these things and uh, I have more opportunity to be creative and I have all these ideas, but sometimes I have a hard time following through with those. I mean, um, it's easy when you're climbing, but then when you're at the top, you get, or not at the top, wow, that sounds really cocky. Sorry, my <laughs> ego. first, guys. Wow, Smoke, wow. queen of the top. <laughs> uh. <laughs> But, I mean, that's a, I guess that's kind of what I'm curious about because, I mean, you're, you're at a point now in your career where you are able to make some decisions and people are willing to follow through based on your reputation. Right. Um, so I guess how did you know you were in that position? How did you how did you tell yourself you were ready to say, guys, this is what I want to do? Um, I think it was more of like I needed to tell myself what I wanted to do. And from there, opportunity just kind of unfolded, honestly. I mean, when I was working at KUPD, mm-hmm. uh, at first we were uh, – a company called Sandusky and then they got bought by uh, Hubbard Broadcasting which is what we are now and at that point like I was still doing uh, you know weekend stuff filling in for people at KUPD doing all the stuff that I could on top of being a promotions person like this is all oh in God. one area yeah. um, I had the opportunity to sit and talk with the uh, like general manager of our company which is Trip Reeb so I don't know I, what did I do for that 
What happened? He was always throwing parties in the beginning, and he was uh, trying to get to know his new staff and all this stuff. But I kept missing him because I was filling in for everybody going. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to make money. I'm hustling here. I'm, like, uh, I'm really trying to bust my job, like, get it, cut my teeth more. And um, then I just emailed him, like, hey, you know, I haven't met you yet, but I would love to sit down and talk with you. And, uh, you know, we ended up hitting it off. And I think from there is just going after the opportunity to get some FaceTime, especially one-on-one FaceTime. I feel like that's important too. And um, kind of just show what I want. And um, from there, it just kind of opened up because I had no idea that they were going to change the old KDKB station from classic rock-ish music yeah. to alternative. But then when the opportunity arose, you know, I was the first person that they thought of, which I mean helps too because I am a part of. I I look the part. I I am a part of the scene now, especially growing up and you know, um, working in alternative be- in in the beginning. So yeah, that is again. I I know I kind of mentioned this yeah. previously too, but that is like the idea of like the personal aesthetic, like the look that you project um, as of like morning DJ specifically an alternative station mm-hmm. morning DJ. Like, does that something that ever kind of weighs weighs on you at all? Of like, I have to make sure these parts of myself look. are projected. Yeah, like you said, like I'm the girl with the hair. Like, do you ever feel like <laughs> sometimes like I just want to fucking dye my hair? Yeah, right. Like, and <laughs> you, no, I mean there are days. I mean. Yeah. But that's how this all started. Because when I first got into, before I first got into radio, I was like, I want to do something different with my hair. I want to change myself. I want to be more me. I want to be more expressive. I have a colorful personality. I should be colorful. <laughs> so then I, you know, I started experimenting. Mm-hmm. I put in, I, had, I have all natural black hair. It's probably salt and pepper now at this point, but that's <laughs> fine. It still looks good underneath. Um, I put uh, pink streaks in there and then I decided to go purple. And then I was like, wait, let's just go all pink. And that was drastic for me. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> luckily with my skin tone, it worked out all right. So uh, then I was like, well, after a few years of that, changed it and uh, when I went to alt, yeah. uh, at KUPD, I had pink hair. Everyone knew me as the girl with pink hair. And then when I went to alt, I went teal. Right. And then uh, I just kind of changed it whenever I feel like it. Kind of like a ceremonial transition. Yeah, exactly. At first, I was like, every time I get a new position, I'm going to change my hair color. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I just changed it all the time. And right now, I, I really am sticking with the classic teal. I love it a lot. I like the way I feel in it. I feel me. Do you feel, feel like there's ever parts of like your personality or character that you have to like make sure that you emphasize like as part of it? Like, do you feel like your I, character as a DJ has kind of had to become part of who you are even more? It's so crazy because my character as a DJ has always been me in real life. I've always been super yeah. um, positive about things. And I, I don't even want to say like the glass is half full, like the, uh, there's water in the glass and I'm just excited <laughs> that there's at least water. <laughs> Because I'm thirsty. Um, I, everything has always been super positive, and I've always, I've always conveyed that. I've always tried to just shine the inner side, see the beauty in things. Because there's so much damn negative stuff in the world. I don't care about all that. But here's the thing: is because I am a super positive person, drama follows that a lot, and I try to just stay out of it. But at the same time, you know, you just got to deal with life because that's part of learning and becoming who you are. And you know, sometimes those dramas. You know, they, uh, what am I trying to say here? They just help mold you. Yeah. Yeah. I sounded redundant right there because I just said the same thing twice, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I appreciate you humoring me. (laughs) That's it. We'll get in post. Uh, The the idea that, like, you are so positive, though, definitely comes through in, like, your interviews and all that. So I, and I am kind of curious, like, 
what yeah. your strategy is going into interviewing because I mean you've interviewed some legit like celebrities like yeah, fucking man. Harlan Williams I love loved him growing up half Dude, and all that right Harlan um, Williams Chris Gethard I love Chris Gethard oh uh, my Rhea god right? yeah like oh, you just yes. like skimming through the page like just thinking like trying to pick out interviews to listen to I like, didn't even know where to start you had so many cool people first of all thank you for listening and uh, <laughs> to my interviews because yeah. sometimes I feel like they're really bad I always try to and here's the, the worst part maybe this is what keeps me going is I'll listen to other people's interviews. I'm like, oh, they did so much better. Like, oh my God, I did terrible. But at the same time, like it's already happened and I brought a whole different thing to the table. Sometimes I just get too much in my head. But um, when it comes to preparing for interviews, I'm usually a procrastinator. So I always wait to the last minute to do these questions. Um, At least the day before, I'll do that. So uh, for the most part, I just try to be as conversive as possible because I just want to get to know the person that I'm talking to. Of course, I have questions to talk about, but I feel for me, it's always been easy to hold a conversation. God, I sound really egotistical. No, but I mean, I'm fascinated by it, especially in like your line of work, because you probably have to go into it knowing that you might be the fifth person they talk to. Um, I mean, you you know that they're doing usually a publicity tour of some sort. They're promoting something a lot of the times. They're they're in town for a reason. So you have to go in there knowing that you want to be entertaining. You want to entertain them. Like, that's a crazy balance. It is a balance. And here's the crazier part, too. You can't guarantee what the other person is going through, feeling, or what kind of interview you're going to have. You know, not everyone is going to be like me, super positive and like, yeah, I'm ready for the morning. It's I've been up since 530 or whatever. Yeah, and most, you know, most of these comedians are, that's mainly who I interviewed during the week is um, they have done a show the night before, they are tired, it's usually, they get into bed like around 2 o'clock sometimes, then they got to turn around and get up and be at some bonkers interview at 7.30 (laughs) with like hardly any coffee in them. But, you know, I I will applaud a lot of the people that I interviewed. They've been super sweet and super nice. Maybe a handful of people that I've interviewed have not been... Um, what I have thought, um, but I've I've never had anything super horrible. There's probably been like one JJ uh, Walker. He was the guy oh, from yeah. Good Times. Yeah. So he was an interesting guy because he's super political. And I was like, oh, I'm not putting this on the air. I'm like, you are way crazy, dude. Oh, man. Um, so I mean, there, then there's those ones. There's those people that you just don't throw on the air. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and just, it's all about uh, figuring out who they are first before that. <laughs> That's all. That's all. That, that makes sense. And I, I definitely applaud you for being able to make those decisions yeah. because that's that's tough to do because I know that you, know, you have. I mean, like, yeah. dude, the guy came in and he was saying, uh, he's like, comedy is being ruined by people. He's like, women are ruining the world. Whatever happened to. Uh, it was so funny because at one point he's like, whatever happened to. Um, it not or whatever happened to it being okay to just tell a woman that she has a fat ass and it's okay and I'm like who are you Why you're are like you 76 and I'm like I'm never I'm not rec- I've recorded it for like yeah. you know future reference if anything happens in case the government asks yeah for- in case the government asks I'm like hey I got something for you um but yeah no I mean just some people are just strange but then you also get Burt Kreischer who's like oh my god but then you get to have mimosas with Burt Kreischer and then you get to hear so many stories and you get to see all of his upper body it's so crazy but he's such a cool dude I mean the uh, some of the people that I've been mind blown to interview I mean Jeremy Piven has been one and he was super nice of course I went in thinking he's going to be very Ari Gold but 
complete opposite, just yeah. a sweetheart. Chris Hardwick. I know he's going through some weird stuff right now, but I am in like full support of that guy because he was one of the sweetest dudes ever. And mm more than willing to spread his knowledge on the the business and uh coming up in the world because he that dude is like a hero yeah that guy did has done radio he's done tv shows he's done acting he's made crazy music he's a comedian like he's a renaissance man in my eyes he's just awesome but and um you know the dudes from super troopers i mean there's so many and even the comedians that aren't well known, like that are just uh, comedians, not actors. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of them. So many good ones that come through. I feel like I'm blanking right now as I'm on the spot. Well, no, you've done so many. Like it's understandable. And I mean, not just the people who who do have names to them, but I mean, uh, you are known for giving opportunities to like locals in town, like yes. to giving them their spot. I definitely want to talk about like what was the whole concept of like the whole homegrown thing, and like how did you decide that you were going to be that person? Um, you know, it's something that I always wanted to do when I was working at, when I started all back in 2014 I was like the first person hired and I was like you know what we have to do we are a local alternative station and there's so much alternative local music we need to put that on uh, you know on a pedestal at some point here couldn't do it right in the very beginning but uh, I think we're going on our third year of homegrown now That's awesome. it's crazy man I can't believe and no shortage of content which shows how much is here. no yeah. not at all I mean there have been some weeks where I had to short content because <laughs> I was like all right well there's a holiday and it's gonna yeah. be weird and I have to plan all this stuff out or I'm out of town or something right. because you know that's the other hard part when I started homegrown I was doing nights and so Homegrown only airs at 11 p.m. Because yeah. that's, you know, it's a prime time for local music, yeah. in a sense. Um, and I knew it, KWSS, mm-hmm. KWSS has been doing it for a while. But, you know, they only get so much range. And I wanted to provide just a little bit more. And I wasn't trying to stomp on their grounds by any means. Yeah. I just felt like at least give them a little bit. It's about the bands. It's not so much about who's copying who. Sure. That's what I felt. And... Um, from there, I just, I, the ideas range. I think in the beginning, I was trying to do a song a night, and then I changed it up a few times. I tried uh, doing local shows a month, and there's so much that's involved in it. And I was like, I only have time for so much. Yeah. But the, the main point is, is I love hearing all these new bands. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love hearing all these new bands. There's so many different genres of music out there, and there's so much good stuff. So... I'm just glad that I'm allowed to give them a stage in a sense and expose them to or expose people that are listening that like on their way home or whatever or they're coming uh, or they're going out going to work at night giving them an opportunity to hear a band that they might be interested in so uh, for some I'm curious like how did you stumble on the format that you're at now like how did that become the one you like uh, for alter- like what do you for mean? picking bands I guess for like promoting them and showing them the way they are um I guess just like featuring one song a night. Yeah, one song a night and then having the song of the week type thing at the end. Okay, so yeah, um, I thought it would be better to get a voting, to get more people involved. I'm like, hey, you need to let me know if you like the song, you hate the song. Like, it's constructive criticism for everybody, really. So, um, you know, I put up the voting link. I I play a song uh, Monday through Thursday from a different band. uh, Or sometimes I'll try and promote a big show for four bands that are on that you know, list really just depends on what it is. And then I let people uh, choose online if they like the song or they don't like the song, whatever one they like the most, they can vote to hear it again for the Friday night. And, uh, and, and in that in turn, it also allows the band to be featured twice. I mean, that's a huge deal. Like 
At least, uh, that's what I think, yeah. Yeah, and so what goes into, I guess, the process of selecting that? I mean, how, I know you said sometimes that the week is designed around, like, maybe a specific show that's going up or something, but... Right, because not every... I mean, I get a lot of submissions, and not every right. band is going to hit it. I mean, that's just what it is. And yeah. I have to be choosy because I am at a... So, I'm at a big radio station, so I don't want to put just anything out there. I mean, there's some recordings that come in that are not mastered, or um, it sounds like they did it in their garage. Uh, and it's you personally who are going through these songs by song. Yeah. I am personally sitting down and listening to these songs, and it has to catch me. And because if you're going to put it out on radio, it needs to be somewhat catchy. Um, there are a lot of awesome jam bands here that I love so much that are huge. I mean, we all know Pow, we all know uh, Captain Squeegee and everything, but a lot of their music, and I struggle because I do love them, is uh, putting it on the air because it could go for so long and it gets jammy sometimes. I'm like, I, I can't do it, and even though how much I love you, but you know. So it just has, it still has to be a radio song at the end of the day. Basically. At the end yeah. of the day, I mean, yeah. it's really just a radio song. Do you. Uh, I, I don't want to, again, put words in your mouth or anything, no. but do you feel like local bands should be taking that into consideration? Like, when they are produ like deciding what, what songs to, maybe, to get mastered or to, like, actually go get studio produced and stuff, do you, should they be thinking, like, what's radio-friendly, what's going to get played more so than... I mean, it depends on what their goal is, really. I mean, if they're just making music because they want to make music, then have at it, do it up. I mean, not every band that gets together wants to be on the radio, but the ones that do... I mean, that's why they're submitting, and you kind of you got to play the game. I mean, it's like like how I got into radio. I had to play the game of earning that respect and you know putting stuff out there. Um, and you know, even in a local band. So, for instance, my boyfriend's in a, in a punk band, and I'm watching him. It's weird because I select music from bands, and I'm watching him with you know my own peepers. Uh, he's you know. <laughs> him growing into something their band growing into something what they do you know a lot of free shows there's a lot of things you're not going to get paid for everything um home you know uh house parties all kinds of crazy stuff maybe that's just more the punk scene or whatever but even then it's just if you're hungry enough you'll you'll do what you want it you'll do what you can you do what you want to do. That's a, that's a nice sentiment, I think. If that, does that make sense at all? I, I think so. And, I mean, honestly, just the idea that, like, you, you are, like, grinding through these songs one after another, I think kind of should be a consolation to all the bands that go out there that say that they're not just kind of being randomly picked or you're right. not just pay, looking for your friends or something like that. Like, it's literally... Right, yeah. right. I mean, there are some songs from uh, friends that I have in bands that I haven't used because I'm like, hey, I love you guys, but uh, I don't think this would fit quite well in where it's at and uh it sucks because i do i i'm a nice person i like to be liked <laughs> at the same time too yeah. but i can't make everybody happy and in the end i mean my job's on the line for it so and what was it like to like have like basically this radio station kind of built around you like you said you were kind of the first person hired and stuff like that's so uh, weird to say <laughs> that that radio station's built around me jeez that's a <laughs> go ahead go ahead no i i really that's i mean that's that's kind of the extent and i'm curious like i mean that's obviously a position that um gave you a, probably a lot more creative control that you ever had and knowing like you're probably going to be making a lot of those kind of executive decisions going into it like how did you feel about that approaching that were you, were you excited were you anxious yeah. No. yeah that's so crazy to think about um um, well, damn, that, how do I answer that? <laughs> I will say the only reason I don't want to, I don't want to put it just on this, but I think a, a, something that helped out a lot becoming maybe a, I guess a face, 
for the station? Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Sure. Okay. Um, social media, putting myself out there, talking to people, um, responding to them, answering phones. Uh, it helped out a lot being in promotions mm -hmm. because your face is out there and people can see you. Yeah. And I think when I, you know, grew into my spot that I'm at, it was just kind of a natural fit. And for the morning show, you want to be the face of the station. Um, you know, you kind of have to take the good with the bad. If something's not happening well with the station, some people feel like it's your fault. And I'm like, I have no control of what's behind the scenes. And so, you know, it's, but then there are times when things go well and then I'm a hero for some reason. And I'm like, I still didn't do anything, but okay. <laughs> did you feel like prepared for that as you were coming up? Like, did you know that that was gonna be? No, okay. <laughs> no, did not really think about it. I was like, I'm just gonna have fun and no repercussions. But uh, I'm not mad at it, I love it. I mean, I love the fact, I've always wanted to be the person to be doing some behind the scenes stuff, at least knowing what's going on, but also, showing people how excited I am about all these cool things going on. So when we have like big shows or things like that coming up, I love to tell everyone about it. Um, trying to think what else, what was the other thing I wanted to project? My mind's all scatterbrained right now because I'm thinking about putting all these things into my head and I'm like, man, I haven't <laughs> thought about all these. But uh, let's go back to that question. What was it again? Yeah, well, I was just curious, I guess, how you deal with the idea of having to make those executive decisions, knowing that this you are uh, the face of a, a station and knowing that it's kind of like you like you said, like you, your actions and like your um, your decisions are, are kind of reflecting on the entire station and like how people see the station because they're seeing you first. Yeah. It's so a big question, I guess. Uh, yeah, it is a pretty big question. Um, I mean... You just kind of got to roll with it. Whatever happens, happens. But uh, I do kind. I just I do like being in the face of the station. I'm not gonna lie. It's yeah. kind of fun. But sometimes I I want the other people that I'm with to also be a part of it. Like yeah. I want them to be involved with the things that we're doing too. So that's always that's always somewhat of a push in a sense. Um, I noticed that you do. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just saying I do notice that you include your producer a lot whenever you can. Yeah, like, man. I mean, it's the whole point of being radio is a family because, man, I love every single person that I work with, and we are a family. We I try to stay as tight with everyone as possible, um, and. I want to bring everybody else up with me, but at the same time, I have to remember not everyone's on that same path I am. And that's also a hard part, but I still like to include them. Like, you know, my buddy Nighttime Rob. Uh, I hate calling him that name, but for some reason I gave it to him and now it's stuck and I hate it. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. But, um, you know, anytime he's doing something or anytime uh, I can bring him, because we have a great chemistry together. And same thing with Dustin, the afternoon guy. We have a great chemistry together. Like we just, uh, whenever I can bring them in, I will. Yeah. Just like uh, sometimes I'll do some stuff with Dustin. Like if he's doing a show and I'm out there as well, we'll like chime in together, which is always fun. I love talking to him. He's so cool. <laughs> do you ever feel a little bit isolated just like being alone in the booth for most of the time that you're producing? Or, uh... um, well, I mean, I have Timmons with me too, which is awesome. And Timmons is, Timmons is a way cool dude. Uh, what's great about him is we get, we are... Um, interested in a lot of the same things and so that helps out a lot i have someone to bounce these ideas off of and we always have to remember like the rules of like what um you know what's mass appeal and all these other things like sometimes we'll go deep into comic or he'll go deep into comic books i'll say and i'm like wait let's scale it back remember not everybody is reading the 12th issue of spawn limited edition calm down dude but no um it, it's just all about checking each other too. So I think that's the best part of it. 
that's a good place to kind of wrap up the last couple of questions I have. Right. Um, first thing I always like to ask is just anybody you want to give a shout out to in town, anybody related to the arts path, you know, that you feel needs some recognition. Needs some recognition. I mean, I always like to shout out my, you know, my favorite local bands. Um, of course, Fairy Bones is always uh, number one up there. Um, Bear Ghost is always good. Playboy Man Baby, Technicolors, who I love so much. Man, um, there's so many. It's it's crazy because I have all of them in my mind right now, and I'm just like trying to pull them all in here. And but for the most part, like those are my top ones. I'm sure I'm forgetting like five other ones. Something, but, but they're always good. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, just shout out to anybody and local comedians too. I think that's something that most people don't get recognized for because local comedy is great. I mean, yeah, yeah, might have to sift through it, but that's just like <laughs> anything else. You just got to go there because I understand you're you have an improv background, am I right? A little bit, yeah. Okay, well, let me turn the tables here for a second and ask you. You may not. Uh, no, <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, besides that, though, any personal projects you want to plug? Anything you want to promote? Um, something that I'm working on right now <laughs> is uh, I'm trying to... I have mentioned earlier that I loved playing video games. I was an indoor kid, and I still play video games now. In fact, before I showed up here, I was playing Mario Kart 8, trying to finish out everything. I don't know why. I just really love all of all of games and stuff. But uh, I'm trying to do a new streaming thing at the station where I stream at, at Alt-AZ um, three days a week, have a you know, either a comedian or uh, an artist, a local artist, um, or just a band that's coming through to come by and hang out and play video games with me. Like a mini interview, but also just having fun doing stuff. That's awesome. So when do those streams go up? So uh, I'm kind of toying it with it right now. Uh, You can follow us, Twitch TV slash alt AZ 933. And I'm still building and working on everything. So it might look a little bare bones right now. Perfect. And I mean, will uh, will we get more notices about that on like the Facebook page and stuff when that comes out then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to try. And once I start streaming, uh, of course, I want to start doing um, like recap videos of the stream so that it can go on IGTV, it can go on Facebook, it could go on uh, Twitter if it wanted to. It would have different places to live, YouTube especially. Um, I, I, you know, it's crazy. Now with radio, and people say radio is dying. It's not so much that. It's always going to be free, so people are going to listen to it no matter what. It's there. But for the most part, radio is starting to branch off into different aspects, especially digital, because most people are listening now on apps, yeah, uh, you sure. know, podcast even. They're listening on apps. Um, and that's another thing that I'm working on, too, is trying to do more podcasting and stuff. Because, you know, on the air in the morning, I only get to talk for so much time sure. where I would like to elaborate and <laughs> put more of my personality in, into things. Maybe some people don't want to hear that, but maybe there are lots of people that do. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's you have, you've been working on the Facebook Lives and stuff I've seen, too. Just any other mediums. Yeah, yeah uh, usually Mondays and Fridays I do Facebook Lives at the station. It's like right at the end of my show at 930 when we get into 93 minutes of nonstop music. Shameless plug. Um <laughs> And from there, I'm just like, all right, well, music's playing. I'm hanging out. Let's talk. And we'll talk about whatever. It could be a topic or it could be, you know, like on Monday, I'm probably going to talk San Diego Comic-Con because that's what's going on, at least right now. I don't know when this is airing, but it happened. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Go um, no, yeah, that's uh, any other uh, things coming up? I mean, obviously, the Mo Show every morning. Yeah, just the Mo yeah. Show every morning. It's uh, progressing into a bigger monster. I'm working on building way more stuff on there. Um, yeah, because right now I'm... As of right now, mm-hmm. I am really more known for on the show, like, nerdgasm and probably, like, the games and stuff. But uh, 
I'm trying to add more content on top of uh, comedians coming in and all this other stuff. So. Okay. Yeah. Last thing I'd like to ask is a piece of advice you'd want to give somebody who's trying to follow the same path you took. If you're trying to follow the same path I took in radio, honestly, start from the bottom. I mean, even if you got to be cleaning toilets at a radio station at first and, um, you know, get yourself known, make yourself available, get, you know, get yourself out there just like you would any job that you're hungry for, no matter what. It doesn't have to be radio. It doesn't have to be entertainment. If you want to be like the world's best accountant and you want that mug, or if you want to be the next, you know, Michael Scott, like you really just got to, uh, push forward and, and still be you and, really work towards your goals even if it's for free sometimes don't do it for free forever (laughs) know your worth too that's another huge thing once you start building know your worth i'm still figuring that out (laughs) (laughs) so examine your worth uh don't be afraid to do the work if you're hungry for it yeah and uh don't uh don't worry about holding back on your personality, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right. And don't self-sabotage. <laughs> don't don't self-sabotage. self-sabotage. Oh, yeah. You could right. do it. Believe in yourself. <laughs> America. <Sorry>. America. <laughs> All right. Thank you most so much. Cheers. Thanks, man. Yeah. Do you want me to keep the burps in? Or you want me to cut You those? can do whatever you want. Special thanks to Nick Machete for writing our theme music and Taylor Machete for all of her support. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, don't forget to follow us and leave nice ratings on Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Pinecast.co. And if you or someone you know is pursuing something artistic in the Phoenix area and you'd like to be on the podcast, write to me at starvingartistphx at gmail.com.